welcome to the Age of Geek podcast. Hello. I'm Robert. I'm Marley. And we have tonight with us our special guest somewhere down there because it, it's all messed up. <laughs> it's, it's our friend yeah. James Estrada. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good, well, thanks. How are you tonight? Great. Fantastic. Now that you're here. Excited yeah, now to that talk you're here turtle. with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just got so much you know, fun. I was with my kid all day. That was awful. Like, this is way better than being with my kid. Oh, I, I've met your kid. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> oh, he is almost oh a teenager. God. So, How old is he now? When does he turn 12. 13? Uh, March. Next March. I, he just turned gosh. 12. My two turn 12 he, next month, in a month. Yeah, he came up to me this afternoon after we went and saw the movie. And he does this thing where he, like, sits down. He tries to have a serious conversation. He goes, and this is how he starts. He says, Father, I'm going to be in seventh grade soon. And I'm just like, uh, I'm so See, definitely just go, it is time to complete your training. And just... Well, I told him to go to his room. <laughs> like, that's usually what I do. I'm just like, eh. Go do preteen <laughs> stuff. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we're dealing with that. Seventh grade for the girls starts Wednesday. Wow. So, yeah, that's next this week. week. Wow. Yes. My kid, he starts school so late. He doesn't start until oh, next wow. Tuesday. Interesting. What, what district? Uh, hmm. Salt Lake. Yeah, the girls are, are Wednesday, and uh, tomorrow's the beginning of prep for getting everything in order for that. So it'll be fun. Yeah, all the mm. schools up by me, are their first day is on Thursday, which is just such a weird day to start school. And they're doing, like, early out, too. So it's like, why? Okay. This... <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> like, push yeah. it to Monday. I don't know. One of the moms tried Bizarre. to explain to me. She's like, uh, no, it's actually easier for them to just like get that first day of school, like stuff out of the way instead of having it be a Monday and have all week. And I'm just like, okay, I understand that I don't have kids and I don't totally understand what you're talking about, but you don't need to like talk to me like that. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like chill. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you feel this way, Robert, but having kids, having a child who's going into seventh grade, I don't understand it. Like going to school as a kid, like I was like, I'd rather start on a Monday and deal with the pain of, of, yeah. Instead of being like, I don't start till Thursday and then I get a week. Yeah. Kids don't, kids shouldn't get the no bad news Thursday rule. You know, that should be something that you don't get into like college well, or maybe high and, school. And like, don't you want the yeah. whole week? Like, I would want the whole week to be like my last week of summer kind of thing. Like, I don't want to start school in the middle of a week. Like, that's not cool. It's like, yeah. no, let me end the week, end summer and enjoy a weekend and then just jump into it. Here's Monday. Well, and I feel like. I feel like a lot of schools have kids who aren't even there those first two days if it's midweek because they're that still too. on vacation. So it's like, do it on a Monday when everybody has to go back to work and the parents are excited mm -hmm. to get rid of their kids. So here's a question really quick for the both of you. When you were in grade school, when did when did school start for you? August or September? It was always August. August. It was, But it was always wow. like this, either the last Monday or like the second to last Monday, just depending on like where it fell in the month. Interesting. See, we were always the like second week of August. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. After Labor Day. Yeah. Really? We started after Labor Day. So it was like, okay. I mean, we went until like the second week of June, but yeah, it was yeah. typically whatever, like a day or two after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And then we 
dive right in. Yeah. See, and I think they in Colorado they did it because we had snow days all <laughs> What's the time that? in the winter. So I think <laughs> growing up in yeah. Utah, we don't know what that yeah. is. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, like, I told my kid one day, I was like, you'll never remember what a snow day is like. The last time he had a snow day here, he was in oh. kindergarten. And then, uh, but he was only in half day kindergarten. So it's like, it didn't even matter. Like, it was like, cool, we both get to sleep in and have cocoa later. Awesome. <laughs> but, um, but I told him, I was like, because of COVID, now nobody's going to ever know what a snow day is. This is true. Because they'll just do distant learning. But yeah, no, we had so many snow days that I think they preemptively started us early so we could still end at the end of May without having to extend our school year if we had to miss. Because there were days where we would miss, there was time where we missed like weeks of school because of how bad the snow that was. That never, like growing up in Utah, we never had snow days. It was just like, sometimes they had like delayed starts, but for the most part, they're like, nope, yeah. just drive safe. We'll see you soon. Now East Coast, like we're thinking about it snowing. Now close everything. It was great. Like, Two inches of snow. Well, get all the get all the milk and bread out of the stores, and we're shutting down for a week. Yeah, it's like no, get in your SUV and hightail it to school because you don't want to be late. Yeah. Well, and like I think the funny thing though, like was when I tell like friends from Utah like that we had snow days and stuff. Like, oh well, it probably wasn't even snowing. That but I was like, okay, for them to call snow day, like the snow would be up to my waist. <laughs> And I would like still, we would still be going to school okay. in that. So for them to call a snow day, it had to be like, so really I bad. visited Denver for the first time, like a few years ago. And, um, it was, uh -huh. it was snowing. Cause it was like end of February and there was snow and like, we, you know, we were just driving careful and we got to our Airbnb that we were staying at. And the next morning we're like, Oh, we'll be fine. It'll all be plowed by the morning. No, they don't plow. <laughs> No. What is with that? You're in Colorado. It does snow there. It is the mountains. I just like we were like, what well, in the world the is happening? Like, if this were Utah, the roads would be clear by now. <laughs> There's this thing in Colorado where like they uh, they call it their wake and bake sessions, so they don't get out to plow the snow because they're uh, high on life, <laughs> ah. if you will. So. That's been going on for generations before oh it was goodness. legal. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we should probably start jumping into this really yeah. quick. And since we're we... uh, our second second uh, week of the new format, yeah. do a couple of, couple of things from uh, geek news from the past week do or so. Do you have some stuff? Because I, I am ill-prepared. No, no, no. I am I am ready for this one. Okay. Um, we'll start off uh, with... Uh, a TV item, uh, Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, introduced yet another classic Star Trek character in their season finale this week. They introduced uh, Mr. Scott, Montgomery Scott, formerly played by James Dewan and Simon Pegg. Um, and this this uh, version of Mr. Scott is played by a 29-year-old Scottish actor named Martin Quinn. Who, you know, who much like Carrie always playing Robin Hood, actually has a Scottish accent, so he actually sounds like a traditional Scotsman. Uh, and I didn't realize one of the things I didn't realize until I think Thursday or no Friday when I when I read something was that James Dewan, who had played Scotty for all those years, wasn't Scottish at all, and that a lot of people hated his accent because he just butchered 
a, uh, a Scottish accent in much the same way that Dick Van Dyke's butchered a British accent in Mary Poppins. So there you have it. Um, second, jumping, uh, jumping star franchises, uh, Disney is closing their experience, their Galactic Star Cruiser experience, and they're going to take a $250 million loss on it as a, as a accelerated depreciation. Um, and it just opened in March of 2022. And they're like, you know, I think that our earnings are going to just be like, yeah, we're, we're going to cancel this. So for those of you who were able to, uh, to embark on the cruise, I know that um, uh, one of our, one of our uh, colleagues, Colin, and his family went on it earlier this year or sometime last year and loved it and had hoped to be on it, get on it again. But I think that they are already booked through the end of their um, cycle and bidding this Star Cruiser a bon voyage. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, jumping over from Star Wars to another Disney related or Disney franchise slash Sony franchise beyond the spider or across the spider verse. Um, if you went and saw this in the theater, if you saw it in one theater, if you saw it once in the same theater or more than one time in the same theater, you may have seen the same reel in the same cut of the movie, but there were different versions that played in different theaters and they changed parts of dialogue here and there or just reactions uh, here and there. But when it came to digital this week, people noticed a few more changes, mm -hmm. um, including, you know, scenes where dialogue has just been scrubbed from this, this take or just or completely changed, completely changed. Uh, one of the things that I saw that was one of the bigger ones was when Miles and Gwen hop into the um, Mumbai, Mumbatan uh, universe with uh, Pavita parkour um, and miles gets trapped under the rubble and gwen goes to go and save him uh, in the theatrical she's like no 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 and is very frantically looking for him very quiet now as she searches for him is just kind of like there's the, the same kind of relief when she finds him but the whole frantic search you, you don't hear that uh anymore when she's when she's doing that and they've also taken out the at the end where miles is like yeah, they're trying to tell me how to do my story, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going home. That has also been removed. So it kind of changes the, the tone in a couple of key scenes of this movie for a couple of the key characters. Um, have either of you watched the new version or the digital home version yet? No, I haven't. Yes. Like th three times. Okay. <laughs> Listen, when I, when I have a problem, guys. That you enjoy media? When... That's not a problem. <laughs> well, so... My family, we share a Voodoo account. And so my youngest brother, it's on his credit card and we're always Venmoing him like, like, hey, buy this movie mm -hmm. and we'll Venmo you. <laughs> and my oldest brother got him to buy Across the Spider-Verse. And I was like, all right, sorry guys, you guys aren't watching, because you can only watch it one at a time. Like, And I was like, you guys aren't watching this for like three days because it's going to be on repeat oh my gosh. At my house for three days. And like my kid would wake up and come out to the living room and I'm sitting in the same spot watching the movie over again. He's like, how many times is this? You need to, you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've seen it and I noticed that. And it's one of those things that it's like, 
uh, I get like why people would be frustrated with it. Um, I'm assuming that when it comes out on Blu-ray that you're going to get a, a bunch of different options on how you can watch it. Um, but it's always like when they initially release it on digital, they're, they're essentially just pushing out the fastest thing they can so people will buy sure. it right away. Um, and then usually what you see, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, if you bought things digitally, but once it releases on Blu-ray, usually more uh, content comes out on the digital platform that you bought it on. Um, so if you do Voodoo, for example, like your special features portion grows dramatically when it's released on Blu-ray. Um, so I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing with this, where you're going to get more versions of it, or at least more audio tracks oh, interesting. from it. So you can see, so you could see like, what was it like 30 something different versions of scenes, versions yeah. of it. Um, so I'm assuming they'll do something where you can see all of them at home. Um, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a big deal to me because like the movie wasn't just built on those two scenes for me. Um, but I get why people were frustrated with it because yeah. it's not what they saw. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this how audiences as more people see it how it plays out for them uh and i guess lastly uh, i think that i've mentioned before in various on various podcasts um the webtoon dc series uh from let's see red hood and the outlaws uh batman wayne family adventures zaytana and the ripper and vixen nyc uh, which are some of the most fun versions of any of these characters that I've ever seen. And it is the most, the Batman Wayne family adventures one is one of the most well written, uh, well encapsulated versions of the extended bat family that I have ever seen. And it's also Bruce is a reasonably well adjusted uh, person, despite his trauma in every other medium. Um, he still has that some of that trauma lingering, but he actually smiles, which is a little scary to see when you first see it. <laughs> but this week, DC and Webtoon released actually print versions of uh, Batman, of a uh, Vixen, and of the Wayne Family Adventures, and it is the first, probably the first half of each of the two stories um, in trade paperback form. Um, and I cannot recommend them enough. And they are also very much family friendly so if you have younger readers you can you know have them read these and not worry about excessive violent content or language or um or mature content this is written for pretty much all ages every once in a while you may get an expletive thrown in there but it's not like you're reading a, a vertigo or a dc black label comic so that is right those are my recommendations of for comics for this week. Nice. Uh, check them out at your local yeah. comic shop. Uh, you can also look online on Webtoon for, as I mentioned, Batman, Wayne Family Adventures, or Vixen NYC, uh, Zatanna in the Ripper, which also features a uh, slightly dialed back John Constantine, and Red Hood and the Outlaws. Nice. Um, before we move on, I actually do have a bit of gaming news that I could share if you're if you're done. Of course. Cool. Yes. With the, yeah. that. Um, so I thought this was really interesting. Um, at first, I was really excited to hear 
Um, Because for a while now, rumors of a Red Dead Redemption remake or remaster has been, um, it's been like circulating for quite some time. Um, You know, because we got Red Dead Redemption 2 for the PS4. Red Dead Redemption is was on the PS3. And so a lot of people were like, oh, we, you know, a remaster of the first one would be amazing. But then this week, we actually got some news that something new is coming, but it's not what anyone expected. And that is where the letdown is because um, they're not doing a remake or a remaster. Instead, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to bring Red Dead Redemption um, to the Switch as well as um, make like a port for the PS4, PlayStation 4. Cool. And so it's like, so there's going to, it's it's the same 13-year-old game and there's like no improvements in the graphics and like performance and like no multiplayer. And it's still going to, they're still going to charge like 50 bucks for it. And, um, um, but you do get the Undead Nightmare DLC for free, but it's like, this is not what anybody wanted. Like, and even like the PC gamers yeah. are all like, well, what about us? You know, like we want we want a remaster or a version that we can play on PC. Well, maybe a secret level will be where you can play as the horse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I yeah, I, I wish it I wish it was actually a remaster, um, especially for PS5. Like, can you imagine? That would be amazing. And no, and even actually, Red yeah. Dead Redemption 2, like to have that one be remastered for the PS5. Oh, Ugh. It was so close. We were so close. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday they'll they will acquiesce and be like, okay, oh, we, there's all these systems we actually can can improve upon things on. But no, this the switch gets well, it. thirteen years from now you'll get the remaster. <laughs> By then, I hope they have a better, even better system than the PS5. Though, like, I hope we don't. <laughs> you know, they got to just keep you know moving up, but. So what they'll do is 13 years from now, you'll get the remaster, but the graphics will be oh, the original. There you go. So it'll it'll play on like, you know, the PS16 or whatever's <laughs> out by then. But so, it'll look so it's like, gonna be kind of like know, the Master PS3 Chief collection graphics. for the Xbox. So you get the same graphics. Yes. Although there is a toggle that you can do that does up- upgrade the graphics a little bit Yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's hoping that they do finally come around and realize we can update this and bring it to more players on more platforms and, and, you know, and make it just a better all-around experience for everybody. Yeah, well, I'm not, I don't, honestly, I don't have too much faith in Rockstar doing anything for Red Dead because they're all about GTA. So even to get anything like this, like having Red Dead Redemption for the Switch is, is already, you know, a big enough deal that they're even doing anything for them. That's not GTA, but that's that's a topic for another time. <laughs> Ripping into Rockstar. And <laughs> maybe right. we'll talk more about it on Cutscenes and Cupcakes, which we have. <laughs> We've definitely gotten into it. <laughs> well, then we will use this to segue into the reason we are here tonight, which is to talk Turtles. Turtle, uh, Teenage Turtle. Mutant Ninja Turtles released a new theatrical movie uh, animated uh, this past week, uh, and well, it's a movie, and it's fun, and <laughs> we're going to now talk about it. Um, warning, there will, there, will, there will be spoilers. Oh, for sure. So be, be warned. Uh, if you've not seen the movie yet, you don't want to have anything uh, ruined for you, please, you know, 
pause here, come back to visit us later. Uh, but otherwise, we're just going to jump right into the movie. Um, and I will say, when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came onto the comic scene, it wasn't really one that I followed. And when the cartoon came out for the Saturday morning cartoons, um, it was kind of tail end of my Saturday morning cartoon watching. So it was like more something to have on in the background than something I was like glued to the set watching. But I know that there are many out there who are loyal legions of turtle fans and have been with them, you know, from day one and have loved them in their various incarnations. And uh, it turns out that James is one of these people. I am. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it's actually so... I don't know if either of you watch yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, but you know how obsessed Jake Peralta is with the turtles? That's me. I walk past a sewer and I like <laughs> just, we were walking, my kid and I were walking back from the theater to our apartment this afternoon and he was saying something and I just zoned out on a manhole cover <laughs> And he was like, are you thinking about the turtles? I was like, it's a sewer. I'm going to think about the turtles. So, what if? Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, Maybe. What if there are ninja turtles we under don't Salt know. Lake City? We haven't like, seen them. Which would be stranger, ninja yeah. turtles in Salt Lake or zombies in Salt Lake? Mm. What about zombie ninja turtles in Salt Lake? E- even more strange. Mm even more strange <laughs> i think i would be more strange out like i think i'd be more weirded out by zombies than ninja turtles yeah same that like fair enough. and i feel like we would know if there were zombies I'd... because they would try they'd be roaming around trying yeah. to eat people whereas ninja turtles are ninjas they're quiet they're sneaky oh, they're trying not to be seen yeah and like me, I would be like, hey, do they eat pizza? Like, is that a real thing? Should I go buy pizza for these Ninja Turtles? But yeah, no, I've followed all the cartoons growing up. I read some, I read a lot of the comics growing up. Uh, I even was all in for the Power Rangers Ninja Turtles crossover uh, that they did. Uh, was like 2000. Oh, I was an adult when that came out. <laughs> No shame in that. <laughs> Love your fandom. But yeah, I I remember like telling my ex-wife one day, because she's like, what are you watching? I was like, don't worry about it. She's like, are those like really bad versions of like the live action Ninja Turtle costumes? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's it's fine. It's okay. But no, like it's it's always been fun for me. Like, you know, uh I grew up with uh two brothers and a cousin and we would always play ninja turtles growing up and even though i wanted to be michelangelo because he's a party dude i was always Raphael. so uh but yeah cool loved it how about you marley were you ever a uh, turtle fan big turtle fan or nominal turtle fan or so no um surprisingly yeah well not surprisingly because i i mean when i was a kid like I knew about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, it was around. It was definitely part of my, you know, the pop culture around me. And I had cousins who are boys who liked it. And I was more, like, into Barbies and stuffed animals and and that kind of thing. And so... I wasn't really into... Well, I mean, I it's not totally fair because, I mean, we... 
I remember like my sister and our two cousins, we would always play Power Rangers. Um, and she'd always get to be the pink one. And I always had to be the yellow one. And I was upset because pink is my favorite color. <laughs> but, you know, so we like we would definitely like like very close. You know, it was very like adjacent, um, you know, and, and even just growing up, like I know a lot about the Ninja Turtles and I could tell you all four names of them. And I know they like pizza, you know, like so there, it was just very much a part of the culture. And it sure. would be it was very hard to not know about Ninja Turtles. Um, honestly, I went to go see this movie, um, Mutant Mayhem, um, with my husband, cause that's, he wanted to go see it. I mean, to be fair, I did drag him to Barbie, um, which he loved. And uh, <laughs> I mean, as, I mean, he liked it. He liked it, but, um, he cried during it. You just didn't <laughs> but, um, you know, and so I was like, yeah, no, of course, like, I'll go see the Ninja Turtle movie. I mean, why not? And like, I ended up loving it. Like, I thought it was such a fun movie for fans mm -hmm. and adjacent fans and non fans alike. Like, I feel like it was just a very delightful movie. Um, yeah, like, I'd, I'd say it's definitely the audience is more for kids or big kids like us. Um, but like, I feel like, especially big nerdy kids, but at the same time, like it was just a fun movie and you didn't really need to know that much about the Ninja Turtles, um, to, to get into this movie. Like you didn't need any pre knowledge of this, you know, cause they, they did a good job of, right. you know, kind of making like they, they, they touched on the origin um, I mean, yes, they went through it pretty quickly, but like, it's all very basic concepts and you know, they, there was some, ooh, someone built, made some ooze and the ooze got in the sewer. The baby turtles got in the ooze. Like it was very, just like not complicated. Like, like, you know how some superhero stuff is a little like technical and there's a lot of big names for things, but like with Ninja mm -hmm. Turtles, it just doesn't need to be that way. And it's still really enjoyable. Right. It's easy to latch on to and 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 just enjoy it for what it is cuz they they don't take themselves seriously so you can't really take it too seriously right true right well and i think the interesting thing though too talking about like the origin of it um with this movie they actually like a lot of it was similar to the comic books the older the cartoons and the older movies but they did something completely different that they've never done in any turtles medium. Like they've throughout their whole time, like uh, in any iteration of the turtles, they never really go out in public. Yeah, that's what my husband was saying too. Babies yeah, and stuff. So like the whole fact, like having uh, Splinter take the kids up to the surface go to when Times they're Square. little. Like that's no, yeah, that's never happened in any version of the turtles. So it was nice, like being a fan and like knowing the old, the older origins, seeing this new stuff come in, and you know, it's it, it was interesting watching them build a world around that origin and not, you know, mm -hmm. what I'm used to, especially like you know, going with my son who's 12 and he, you know, I indoctrinated him into turtles. <laughs> at a young age as well but um you know watching with me whenever we watch movies like this it's always fun to see his expressions during the movies 
I have usually have to go see it multiple times because the first time he and I go see a movie together, I'm watching him more than I'm watching the movie um, because I want to see his expressions and I want to see what, uh, I mean, this goes even to Star Wars movies. When we watch Star Wars movies together, I'll watch him more than I'm watching the movie uh, because it's just, as a parent, you never get to see you never get to experience something for the first time again. Yes. But you kind of get to a second time with your yes. kids. Uh, I can wholeheartedly um, agree with that sentiment. Um, having gone with uh, my wife and daughters to go see this, uh, my wife was looking forward to it because she grew up with two brothers who were Turtles fans. And, you know, it was part of definitely part of her. Um, she was the older sister, but it's still part of uh, her growing up. And the girls, my daughters, not really familiar with the turtles uh, she they knew that you know, they had names based on artists but beyond that not a whole lot so this is kind of like an introduction in detail for them and as james was mentioning it's fun to be able to see something for the first time again as a parent when you watch something with your kids um and you know not that i've indoctrinated my kids with certain comics or movies or things like that no not uh, at all no no not at all <laughs> but you know watching them discover things they make connections on their own and especially it was for me also interesting uh, as they did change the origin slightly here for this telling of the turtle's tale um seeing them you know learn this this version of the mythology or the mythos behind the turtles and just draw their own conclusions and just watching their faces as this is going on. And I envy you for only having to watch one kid because trying to watch two of them at the same time. Yeah. 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 So I, I got the, I, got the, I can see the close kid. The other one, yeah, she's over there. Okay. She's, she's good. So okay. yeah. hearing you guys like describe this again, like, cause I don't have kids, but I did go see it with my husband. I feel like I, it was a very similar experience though, because sure. like he is a huge Ninja Turtles yeah. fan. He grew up with it. He knows that he reads the comics. He knows the movies, the show, like he knows it, you know? And mm -hmm. so I was like, I mean, I was watching the movie definitely more than him, sure. but like, I was also very interested to like see how he was reacting to things. And like, he was just like throughout the whole thing. Like he just had like a big smile on his face. Like he was loving it. Yeah. Like, yeah, even though it's not like it, it is, it's a little bit different iteration than the source material. Like he was just like, I don't, I, I wasn't really worried about the changes. Like I just enjoyed the movie. Like he said, and I, I feel like I, you know, probably not quite to the same level as him, but pretty close. Um, he's like, this, this movie actually um, to me was just as good as um, across the spider verse or I'm sorry, no across the spider verse. Like he's like, cause that one was across. like yeah. really high up there for him. And, and for me, I really loved that movie too, but he was like, yeah, this movie like is right up there for me with it. <laughs> Um, I, I would say, like, honestly, like, when it comes to movies that, like, Nickelodeon has put out, like, animated movies, mm -hmm. this is definitely Nickelodeon's Spider-Verse, Nickelodeon mm -hmm. Paramount Spider-Verse. Um, like, and the funny thing is, I didn't realize that uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg mm -hmm. were behind it. Um, and if you ever watched, like, the show the Goldbergs on ABC or at was is that what it was? Because that's that's the guy who 
was produced her who produced it and I think co wrote yes. it. Um but like those two guys are like probably some of the biggest turtle fans. So you know they're gonna do mm-hmm. justice to the movie when it comes to producing oh, yeah, this sure. movie. Um and it was just so and I think the funny thing though too that uh with this movie is the references that they brought in, like the pop culture yes. references, like mm-hmm. the uh, Adele concerts <laughs> or watching Ferris Bueller and like all those small things, it kind of cements it into a, into our reality for like some of the younger kids because they know those artists, they know those movies, they know all this stuff that's happening in our world. Uh, so it kind of brings a little bit of a sense of, wonderment that they're not creating fake pop culture icons in this universe it's like yeah these are turtles that live in what possibly could Mm -hmm. be our new york city just an animated version of our new york city um but yeah no it was well and i really like oh no you go ahead Oh, go ahead go ahead well and like the with you know back to like seth rogan being one of the writers too like um you could just like really see like his humor and just um you know the other writer I, Goldberg Evan, Evan Goldberg, Goldberg thank you um like they it just I feel like the humor was very solid throughout this whole film it was very like it wasn't like yeah. over the top it wasn't cheesy it wasn't like fake it was just very like fun throughout the whole thing and I feel like it yes. wasn't overdone either and no, I actually know that you went first there because you're you bring up a point that concerned me coming into this, knowing that Seth Rogen um, was attached to it and had so had his had so much to do with it. This is not the first comic property that or um, superhero mm. property that Seth Rogen's been involved with. Uh, if you go back <laughs> a few years, he was involved with a movie called The Green Hornet. And oh, I didn't see that one. That yet. Oh, I knew you, I knew you were going there. <laughs> it, it, let me put it this way: I took that bullet for you. Thank you, Robert. Um, it was <laughs> my pleasure. Was it though? <laughs> uh, it, it, it it was one of those you want it to be good because I mean you want you know they're doing a comedic take on a character that was a pretty serious character for in the '60s, uh, especially for the TV show. Um, you know, and especially with. Uh, I cannot remember who played the Green Hornet himself, but his sidekick was Bruce Lee. And you're just like, okay, how are they doing this? And it was a comedic take that I was not prepared for. Um, and for me, it was much like I am a huge Johnny Quest fan. The the old 60s, very violent, not really pulling any punches cartoon. And then there's a bunch of people who are fans of the Venture Brothers, which is a, a direct spoof of this. And I watched the Venture Brothers and my teeth itch. Because it's like, but this isn't what I wanted out of this. <laughs> so that's what I got from the Green Hornet. It was just kind of like, but, but, no. So when they when I heard that Seth Rogen was attached, it was, I was cautiously optimistic and hopeful that it would be a fun and good movie and something that, you know, everybody could enjoy. And I was delighted to go in and find out it totally was, and not just with like the pop culture references that. That James mentioned before, but even an amazing soundtrack. Oh yeah! Like, I'm sitting here watching yes. the soundtrack, and I'm looking it. over at my wife, and she's yeah. looking at me. We're just like, 
we were just like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, I loved, I loved the soundtrack. Like, I it it makes me want to like go find it on Spotify and just like listen to it at my at my leisure. Yeah, but I mean, they they had so many fun upbeat songs that fit the mood perfectly, mm-hmm. and so many callbacks to the you know eighties and nineties and early 2000s in uh r&b and yeah and they like made like like, remixes and stuff of like popular songs yeah the the remix of uh what's up i was just like did i just hear really yes yes this is for non-blondes wow but it also worked which was which was the thing and they put they put together a movie that worked on so many levels with the nostalgia, with being able to bring in new audiences. And, you know, let's even talk about the animation style because looking at the commercials, you don't get the feel, you don't get the entire sense of what the animation style is like for this movie out of the clips that are shown. But the fact that they used a, what looked to be, you know, a hand-drawn and to make everything look hand-drawn as they're animating it, style was refreshing it didn't just look like a, a, yeah. a cookie cutter disney movie or a cookie cutter pixar movie it was definitely its own thing and i think for me the animation style stood out enough to make their sewers their new york everything that they did stand out that much more oh yeah for sure right well and i think one of the interesting things like because you talk about like what you saw in commercials because uh, I was reading something today that it dropped like 43% in ticket sales in the second week. Um, and I'm like, it's sad that it's happening with this movie because it's a great mm-hmm. movie. Like this this should be one of those movies that uh, is up there with Barbie as one or two movie, you know. Um, but for me, like I had the only time I saw a trailer for it was... Uh, it was like three months ago. I saw one trailer for it, and that's—I thought it was a video game up until I saw that trailer. Wow, okay. Um, so I really think that Paramount missed the mark on marketing. <laughs> that's because all the, the marketing time. was Barbie. Mark, yeah. <laughs> Barbie was everywhere. But you would think that, and I don't want to make this a gender role thing, but you would think that as a brand if nothing else that they would have been like the turtles were as popular in the night especially in the early 90s and we have a number of fans that we know are still out there who watch this who grew up with it you think they'd be like okay if barbie can draw this kind of crowd we should be able to draw a similar crowd with a with our product and they just kind of slept on it which is a yeah. Not the first time the Paramount's done something like that, but it's sad to see they're just like wasting the opportunity, so to speak, and not not capitalizing on the opportunity. Let me put it that way. Yeah, for sure. And and like I said, you know, for I I think uh, I think I saw like signage for it at Target once because uh, they were putting up like their back or their little end cap displays for the movie toys coming out. And even then, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. They're putting out toys for a video game. And it wasn't until I said that that my kid was like, that's a movie that's coming out. And I seriously, like, stopped and, like, <laughs> grabbed his face. I was like, what are you saying to me? There is a Turtles movie coming out? And he's like, yeah. And you're scared like, me In a now. couple Stop. months. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, we are going to go see this movie. 
so many One. times. And he's like, remember, we're poor. <laughs> $5 Tuesdays. Um, that's what we did. But no, like, okay, so speaking of Ninja Turtle movies, so obviously there have been several different movies over the years. And wasn't there, like, a newer iteration that came out in, like, 2014? Somewhere in there? The yeah, TMNT and, like, one? tell me if I'm wrong, but they weren't really received well that one was not that one um so you had two different versions of the movie coming out around the same time you had the animated tmnt one um and you had uh then you had the michael bay ninja Turtle. yeah yeah i guess yeah Um, i'm talking more about the michael bay ones yeah, the Michael Bay ones were not well received, mostly because if you look back at the first, it, it kind of had the Sonic the Hedgehog thing going on, where you had like one version of Sonic for the trailers, and everybody was like, "What the crap are you doing? Those do not look like turtles." And then like Michael Bay does this interview, was like, "Well, they're not really like turtles who are like mutated by ooze; they're aliens." And it's like, what are you doing to my turtle? I just, I think, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you would have an opinion on this, James. But, like, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like because of, like, those movies, um, the Michael Bay ones and, like, other ones that they've done recently, because they didn't, like, do so well that maybe some people, some fans were turned off by the idea of having another another quote-unquote um ninja turtle movie to be disappointed at you know what i mean like oh oh, you mean like dc and the super yeah batman superman oh never mind that's a different (laughs) why did you say that (laughs) but you know what i mean like do you think people were maybe not as excited about this yeah for sure um well yeah especially because like i said like there was that animated one that i think it was 2008 that the animated one came out the tmnt one um and like it's not a perfect movie it has really good scenes in it i think it was 2007 seven all i remember is i saw that the dollar theater like was 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 chris evans a voice on that one okay then that's the 2007 one because all these other ones are in the 90s um yeah and that's that's the thing is like before you had like that TMNT movie come out. I think the latest movie was Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, where they go back to Japan. Japan. Like, yeah. Um, but like the thing is, like, you have in that TMNT when they changed so many things about like the villains and stuff like that, that people were kind of frustrated at the movie. Um, and they were like, this isn't the Turtles I remember. But me, like, I'm always like, I just want content. I don't care what you change about it as long as you make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the story that you're telling. Um, which is like, I don't, like, uh, the Michael Bay Turtle movies. Tell us about them real quick. They are like, <laughs> they are like X-Men movies to me. They're not my favorite, but, uh, listen, I do not, uh, <laughs> we're not talking X. We're talking different. They're mutants. not it's my. Okay. It's okay. It's different mutants. They're not my favorite movies, but 
I own them and will watch them because again, it's one of those things where as long as they're telling a story and it's a decent story that keeps me uh, intrigued throughout the two, two and a half hours, three hours of the movie, that's fine. They did their job. It doesn't have to be what I personally wanted it to be. Because I'm not the storyteller here. I'm just consuming the I'm challenge story. That with, with four words. Don't do X, it. X3, <laughs> The Last Stand. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Again, that is a movie that I own. <laughs> Uh, okay, my pro- uh, no, 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 no. I, I we'll think we need, we'll keep it with turtles. We need to do we'll another Yeah, we need to do another podcast where we talk about X Men and <laughs> oh you will have about you will have about thirteen oh hours my gosh. of content. Uh, I have a lot of Apparently. opinions about the X Men movies. But um like when they made those Michael Bay turtle movies, like he had a beginning and end point that he wanted with those movies. And he really didn't stray far from that story throughout those three movies. Um, So I can ingest those movies and not have a problem with it. Do I have a problem with how the turtles look and like their manures and stuff like that? Yeah, because that's not what I remember from the turtles, but they make sense in that universe not a lot of fans think that they want the 80s 90s style turtles in a movie they want the uh they want a michelangelo that's a buffoon who eats pizza and that's all he does and skateboards (laughs) um you know, and you look at, you get to that 2008 movie, they start exploring more of a Raphael who gets lost in his emotions, who loses his battle to anger a lot, especially when it comes to Leonardo. And you see, like, in that 2007 movie, they have a huge fight on a rooftop where Raphael breaks Leonardo's swords and then leaves him to get captured by the bad guy. Hmm. Um, and it's things like that. Like people are like, oh, well, Raphael wouldn't do that. And it's like, no, if you look through the comic books and stuff, he always had a problem with Leonardo's leadership. They didn't explore that in those other movies because they, I think they did in the first Turtles movie because Leonardo gets captured in that one too. Or is it the second one? I need to watch Turtles again. Probably going to do that after <laughs> we get off this <laughs> Who needs um, Yeah. But yeah, no, like they, they started exploring more of the characters than they did in the past movies. And I think that a lot of people who just wanted the cartoon version or the uh, fun version of the older movies, they just didn't yeah. like it. And that could be like, but I think like this movie, it gives you a mix of both. Uh, it gives you that, uh, they're teenagers who are going through some stuff. Uh, like I said earlier, my one of my favorite lines from this movie is when Leonardo takes his leadership role and like is telling people what they're good at. And he tells Raphael, like, get loud, use that rage. And then Raphael flips the van. <laughs> and what does Michelangelo say? He's like, 
we need to get you in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love They just that. had, like, the best, um, like, quips. Like, they were just so, like, all four of them yeah. just, like, so flowed really well. About that, this is the first time they've actually had teenagers voicing the characters and one of the yeah. things they did was a lot of here's a framework of what we want to do with the scene and let the let the actors just kind of riff so that was yeah that was something that was entirely new for this because as, as opposed that. to having a scripted di- a completely scripted dialogue it's like here's what we're going for and uh, here's you know whatever setup they gave them and just kind of let them be teenagers so you got something that was a lot right. more genuine and genuine from a teenager's perspective than somebody who's like, this is what a teenager should sound like. And uh, if you say this and then this, yeah. So you get actual teenagers being teenagers. Um, and that was, that was kind of fun and refreshing. So like I said, when I came into this finding out that Seth Rogen was involved, I was like, Oh boy, there's, there's, a, there's, this could go one of two ways. And I'm glad that it went the way that it did and that he brought his admiration for the characters and the franchise into this and you could you could feel that this movie was made from a very loving perspective and i wish that more directors and producers of superhero fair were allowed to express that passion in their project without having to worry about somebody going, well, no, you need to rein this back in or bring this back in. And I don't know if it was a, a case of Paramount going, it's an animated movie, so we're not as concerned. But the fact that you could see that, right. I mean, you can honestly tell how much Rogan loves this franchise with the care that he took in cultivating this and the relationships within and changing, changing some of the origin. I like the fact that he kept a uh, little known fact for many people um, in the original comics, they were black and white. So, they, you know, all of the turtles were just, you know, it was a black and white render, so you couldn't tell who was who by their uh, bandanas, but you had to do it definitely by the weapons. But April O'Neil and Baxter Stockman in the original comics were black. When Eastman and Laird sold the property or licensed the property off to, I think, Image got it first to do um, large, you know, larger runs and they were colorized they had no color key to go by because they didn't have one for a black and white comic so the colorist just made baxter and april white so the fact that this movie goes back to the fact that they were black and you know i was kind of like oh well that's cool that's it's good to see that they're having this kind of reverence for the source material to go back to that detail and you know make it so that you know in april's not the you know the hot young newscaster she's a high school kid you know baxter stockman is not well he was never really great looking scientist in the cartoons <laughs> but, but, you know he was he was kind of like underground scientist in this and they kind of just gave him that i'm i'm working on a shoestring budget and i'm doing the best i can making all these creatures over here but you know just let's not talk about that and doing his own thing and that was just one of the things that i appreciated for you know one of the lesser known details of the um mythos of the turtles yeah well and the one thing i will say though is like that kind of bummed me out is i wanted more uh because you grow up seeing Bebop and Rocksteady as like the villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see more of that. 
but they're also tied to Shredder as villains. They're like his henchmen. Well, so in, like in cutting off, and in, in, let's look at that for a second. Um, they kind of removed. Uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Uh, Hiroku Sato. No, I cannot remember what Shredder's name is or Splinter's human name was because they eliminated that completely from this origin and their yeah. relationship prior to the turtles becoming, you know, coming out of the out of the sewers and becoming uh, heroes in the public eye. So they removed heroes in the half shell turtle power. <laughs> um, you know, so they removed that but I like the way that they built up everything else in the family dynamic with Splinter and the Turtles yeah. and you know Splinter being fearful to hateful towards humans because of how they treated him and the boys and how the boys are like we don't get what's wrong with dad uh, people seem to be cool. Look, Ferris Bueller gets to sing and everything. You go to high school, you get to do all these fun things. And they just want to be average kids who just happen to be ninjas because, you know, he saw Black Belt Theater umpteen times and decided to teach them how to fight. <laughs> I love that. Which I, thought was a, which I thought was a fantastic take on that because as somebody who grew up watching Black Belt Theater in the redacted age, um, and, you know, grew up with that on Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons after the cartoons went off, the fact that he taught his, the turtles how to fight from Black Belt Theater, I'm just like, check, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in on this. <laughs> I loved that. Well, and, like, kind of back to, like, what the turtles looked like as well. I just have to say, like, I just have to be, I, I just have to be the person to say it. But, like, when they showed the turtles as babies, Oh my freaking cute, right? <laughs> I was like dying over those scenes when they were going through that, especially when they like find them and they're just like playing in the ooze and there's like the one that needs glasses and there's like the one little chunky one and like, oh my gosh, I was dying. You want to build a bear, don't you? You want to build a bear. Oh my you? gosh. If they're the baby versions, then yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I just love seeing like, um, like and yeah just like kind of talking about the animation style again like i just thought it was so fun and fresh um to see that and just to kind of see like their interactions with each other and as they're growing up and they're you know like the whole montage that they're doing with like learning you know how they became ninjas and like splinter not splinter yeah splinter like raising them and freaking jackie chan oh my gosh that was even better <laughs> that it was jackie chan voicing splinter but yeah no i just i thought the, the i thought the cast for the all the voices was like was like like perfect they did a great job i mean casting yeah everyone in this movie in in their respective roles it was it was it was fun to hear just people you might not expect to do an animated movie mm -hmm. with the Ninja Turtles to be in this movie mm -hmm. and just living it like Ice Cube as Superfly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Superfly. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, now I will have to defer to James on this. Was Superfly ever a character in the comics or any of the versions of the movies? Because I know that in the mythology the that movies. I'm aware of, it was Baxter, Baxter Stockman who basically became Jeff Goldblum and the fly as, yeah. as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So uh, I don't remember a Superfly in the comic okay. books. 
I know they never brought him in any of the okay. movies because they've done the Baxter Stockman uh, fly thing. Well, even in the older movies, they didn't even they. I think they had Baxter Stockman, but he never transformed sure. uh, because he created I forget their names, but the werewolf and the snapping turtle in Turtles Two. Okay. Um, and then in the Michael Bay ones, uh, Baxter was Tyler Perry. Uh, Give you just I a minute there. I, I just need to. <laughs> okay, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they didn't. I don't. I don't remember if they have him transform in that. I think that they like tease mm. it, but then they're like, "Haha, just kidding." Um, but speaking of the movies, there was a very meta moment for the older movies when Vanilla Ice Ninja, Ninja Rap came on. <laughs> So, I was in there and I, I heard that happen. I was like, they just created a time paradox and continuity. Because now the Ninja Turtles 2 movie exists oh my in gosh. this universe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they could go watch a movie about themselves. <laughs> but, uh, well, and then, like, one other thing I wanted to mention, though, with the soundtrack is the orchestral score and stuff is all done by Trent Reznor. And Atticus Ross, which is their second... Their second yes. um, big one that I know that they've done. And, I mean, they're just knocking it out of the park. Loved everything about it. Um, I saw somebody post Nine Inch Nails and uh, TMNT, My Life is Complete. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that was me. Like, I remember going to the roller rink when I was in, like, uh, seventh grade. My child reminded me of this. Going to the roller rink when I was in seventh grade, having like my Discman with my brother's Nine Inch Nails CD and playing the Ninja Turtles arcade game. So it's like, for me, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, that was my life growing up. Yeah. Was, but yeah, it was awesome. I was trying to remember what it was that, that struck me that Ross and Reznor did. And it was Watchmen, the um, miniseries for Watchmen that they did yeah. the score for. But the other one that that uh, was for the Pixar movie Soul, that was what I was trying to remember. Oh. Yeah. So they did the score for that. Um, and um, worked with uh, piano keyboard. Piano work was done by uh, John Batiste, uh, formerly of the Late Show uh, band. But yeah, I mean, they, they did a great job with this. And I mean, all the way around, this was a, a fun, entertaining, um, and honestly surprising movie in a couple of ways, just how how much nostalgia they, they evoked, how much they it, they were like, we're not beholden to the everything that came before with the franchise. We're kind of taking a little bit of our own direction and our own spin on it and not being not doing a disservice to the franchise in doing so. And like I said, hearing Rogan was attached, I had some concern. Yeah. But, you know, kudos to him for the piece of cinema that he put forth. Well, and like, I think one of the big things too, and I think a lot of parents uh, of teenagers or preteens will appreciate is you see like when they're training with their weapons and stuff like that, how awful they are at it. When you have kids around that age, like, so my kid was in fencing for two years. 
not the best at it. Uh, but just watching him, like, he would, in our kitchen, he would, like, bring out, like, lightsabers, like, let me show you what I learned. And then he would, like, try to, like, show me some of his moves. And he would just end up, like, opening himself up for me to, like, slap him on the head with a lightsaber. And But, like, it reminded me, like, you know, kids these age are, are clunky. Like, they're clunky with their movements and everything like that. You see this when uh, it's in a, a sigh that gets thrown into... Throwing... Uh, it was a sigh or a throwing star? Is it a throwing star? Or... No, it was a sigh. It was a sigh. And, then yeah. Le- and then Leonardo's off to the side like, oh, I'm going to be sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Donatello's like, because he's yes. screaming. <laughs> but like, it's things like that, because like, there's times where like, my kid has a play knife and he'll go to throw it and he hits the dog, but he's trying to hit something that's like, right in front of him. I'm like, Oh my God, you are awful at that. I hope nobody ever breaks into our house because I'm going to get something thrown oh, right in my face and I'm going to oh, be behind God. you. But like, it, it's those kinds of things, like those small things that parents can take, like, and even non-parents, like you think of yourself at that age and how awful it was for us to do anything because our bodies are growing and we're like, we don't know our own capabilities. And uh, so just watching that and just thinking like, oh, I have seven more years of this, of my child growing up and breaking stuff in the apartment because he's awful. At <laughs> but yeah, no, I, that was just one of my favorite takeaways. From the you know, the turtles were, to, to, to be blunt, for being mutant turtles, they were very human, and Splinter was very human. And watching his watching his interaction with them as a parent, it's just like, oh, oh, no, yeah, no, okay, let's let's not talk about this. Don't, don't do that because my girls, girls are going to see that. They're going to be like, oh, oh, that makes sense now, or what have you. So I, I really did appreciate the way that that, despite being anthropomorphic mutant animals they were all very human and i love the fact that they all had they were not no one in this movie was cookie cutter everybody had their own right. motivation now, granted most of the mutants just kind of followed superfly but you can see that they're just kind of like oh you know maybe we don't want to be the bad guy here which for bebop bebop and rocksteady was a, a definite turn um right. and just you know watching how each of them interacted and and just took things at their own on their own level and not just, you know, just like, yep, it's just, it's just animal, you know, four turtles, you know, rhino, uh, warthog. And the fact that everybody had something to contribute also in their own way, I thought was also something that was well, well portrayed. And they didn't play up everyone as having a huge role in certain things, but everybody had something to do. Every character they introduced had every character that had more than like half a line you know had something to do in this movie and and it, yeah. for an ensemble piece that is not always easy to bring to the screen and it, right. it did it well yeah well and i think one of the things that uh i appreciated too is when superfly is like crushing mm-hmm. the turtles like when he's telling him he's like when he's trying to kill him um did you read the last ronin stuff I did not. for the turtles 
Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> so in that in in that series, that's essentially how. Well, not that exactly, but that's essentially how they die: is they get their shells cracked because that's the easiest way to kill a turtle besides cutting off its head. Is you Aww. smash the shell because all of its all of its bits yeah. are under the shell. Um, so for me, like when I, cause like, ugh, growing up turtle, like loving the turtles and stuff. When I read that comic, I cried like a baby. Um, and like, just when he starts, when Superfly starts squeezing them and their shells start cracking, I had to turn away from the screen. Oh, like, no. Nope. You're oh. you're you're an adult in a cartoon movie. You're not doing this in this movie. You cried four times at Barbie. Oh my gosh! At <laughs> Did you hear that they're doing a video game but, that they're that they announced a video game for the um, based on the the last Ronin comic? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I thought oh, you were talking sorry. about Barbie. I'm I was back like, on what? Ronin. I will buy and a actually, Barbie video my, game. My husband just yeah, I did that hear that too. Like he got the the big book of it. Trade. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't started it yet. Though. And, and but like that's the thing is like it's uh because like I remember like people speculating oh well who is it who's who's the one to survive don't ruin it for those who haven't read it I'm not gonna ruin it I'm not gonna ruin it um but like what I'll say though is that it was hard to tell because he's carrying everybody's masks like he's wearing them all at the same time. Hmm. Um. So, and that's his way of keeping his brothers with him. But like, what in the movie? Once I started seeing those shells crack, I was like, they can't. They this is this has to be a franchise. This is a children's movie. You can't kill them in this movie. Well, and I think. But I got yeah. Well, and I think like they're setting up this movie like easily so that there could be a sequel. Especially right. with Shredder showing up at the end, um, but like also yeah. like where it was yes. just like a nice beginner, like origin movie, like they're getting into it, feel you know, getting a better feel for things and how they work as a team and how they fight. I mean, because we see in the movie like their first actual real time that they're fighting against enemies and how that how that played out. And it was a little like as we were kind of saying, you know, it was a little clunky, but I mean, they managed, but it took them a minute. But anyways, no, just besides all that, like they, there's definitely room for more. There's, there's yeah. room for growth. And so right. I could totally see them making a, um, a sequel and who knows, um, Rocksteady and, and Bebop, they could change sides again and go with Shredder. They changed sides sure. so easily before. Well, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, well, and when you have John Cena playing one of them, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. And that, well, that's the funny thing too, because in the Michael Bay ones, uh, let's see, John Cena was—he was—was he Bebop? Was he? Which one he, was he? I, I couldn't tell I by think, the voice. I know it was hard he to tell. Been. I think he was Bebop, though. Filmography. Hey, look, that's a lot of wrestling in that filmography. Holy crap! Yeah, because they put out all their wrestling tapes on Blu-ray. So oh, they count well. them as IMDb-able. Wow. But anyway, the, what I was going to say, though, is the funny thing is, in the Michael Bay movies, Seamus, another WWE wrestler, plays uh, 
Rock, no, Bebop. Mm, no, he plays Rocksteady. Seamus plays Rocksteady, and I think John Cena played him in this one. Right. So it's just funny to me that they had two WWE wrestlers. And I cannot find a listing playing for, the same character. He was Rocksteady. Yeah, he was Rock. John Cena was Rocksteady in this one. Yeah, no, not in this one. In previous, if he did. You say he did voiced another one? Oh no, okay, no, that's why. Sheamus, the another WWE wrestler. I am there now. Thank you. It was Rocksteady in the uh, Michael gotcha. Bay ones. Okay. So apparently, if you're a WWE wrestler, you can play Rocksteady in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There you go. So. Well, cool. Um, well, I think that you know we've taken a good look at the the turtles across a couple of different franchises in this movie. Um, what would your final takeaway or offering be on this movie uh, recommendation? If you wanted to give it a grade. Uh, however you care to go out uh marley we'll start with you yeah um again like kind of like what i said at the top of the episode um i i feel like this is a movie that can be enjoyed by anyone really i i feel like especially if you go into it with an open mind and just know that it's going to be a fun um fun movie and just like don't and I'm not trying to say like, oh, don't have high expectations, but like, just like go into it knowing that it's just going to be a fun movie. Um, that kind of comes from, a, I know I, there's a, a colleague of mine who went to go see it with his 16 year old daughter. And he's like, well, my daughter loves it, but I was kind of like bored or whatever. And I'm like, dude, come on, like, just, just go and enjoy it. Like, you don't need to be a butt about it. <laughs> Um, he'll never listen to this podcast, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so like, I just, I feel like it's just, a, it's a really fun movie and, um, just go and enjoy it. And, um, I, I definitely think it's, it's rewatchable. Like I'd watch it again. Um, and, and plus it was just really fun to watch it with my husband who is such a big Ninja Turtles fan. Um, you know, so it was fun. It was definitely a fun thing to do together and um you know i'm excited to see you know if they do some more with it um but yeah no i i, I give it i give it a solid um I, I give it like a solid like a minus um you know it's not like my it's not i didn't love it as much as like across the spider verse which is you know what i'm gonna which one it's a little bit easy for me to compare since that's a another really good animated film that came out this summer um, cause I give, I give across the spider verse an A plus plus plus. Um, so this one, I, I give a solid like a minus. I feel like it was, I feel like it was really fun. James. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Like it's definitely something that is fun to like, as a turtles fan, it was fun for me just to get a new fresh look on the turtles. Um, it, is a great movie to watch with family and friends. Um, you don't have to know anything about the turtles before watching this one. Um, I would say, and I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, like the whole, like, you know, we're going to come, a lot of people are going to be comparing this to Spider-Verse just because not only is it like top animation right now, but it's the last big animated film that came out. And so like, there's going to be a lot of those comparisons and I don't think that where Across the Spider-Verse is something that I think is going to be like, 
that had potential to be like picture of the year, this isn't going to be up there with that, but it's definitely a really good movie that I think a lot of people should go see. Uh, and I would be about that a minus uh, grade as well for it. Well, I guess we're going to be kind of unanimous there. It's It was a fun movie for fans, non-fans, and fans to be, uh, so to speak, to go and enjoy and, and share good family quality time together, watching a fun movie that has a fantastic soundtrack, great voice casting, mm-hmm. um, great, I guess we'll call it cinematography, even though it was, anim- even though it was uh, you know, uh, it, since it was animated, not photograph shot, um, but all around a great experience uh, that everybody can enjoy, uh, all ages. Um, I believe the rating is PG-13. Is it? Or is it PG? Um, so be aware that there, you know, it's Ninja Turtles who are fighting and there is a fair bit of violence in this movie. Um, so that's why I'm thinking it may be a 13, but it is something that pretty much all ages to go enjoy. It is PG. Yeah. Well, Um, I think so. Is the internet lying to me? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's PG. Um, (laughs) PG. So, you know, please be warned, you know, there are some scenes that might be a little questionable for younger children, but I think that generally speaking, you can find something to enjoy all the way around in this movie. I also am going to give it an A minus and, you know, love to hear what other people think. You know, what's your take on um, on this movie? If you've seen it, if you plan to see it, feel free to join us on our Discord, discord.ageofgeek.com. And, you know, let's you know have a dialogue and join the fun in the conversation. And I feel like uh, if, also- uh, if Colin had been here, um, he, I think he would have not given it such a, a high score as the rest of us. He had, he made a comment in our discord, again, plugging our discord, um, about how he didn't really like, it seemed like he didn't really find it as fun as we did. So it would have been interesting well, that's, to, that's just to, yeah, <laughs> it would have been interesting <laughs> to hear his take on the podcast, but I feel like, uh, I feel like we got, we had a much better, I'm just kidding, Colin. Um, we missed you, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I it, it'd definitely be curious to hear what people think, um, even further in our, in our discord channel, you know, let's keep the conversation going. Definitely. And once again, we also want to thank James Estrada for joining us. James, let people know where they can find you in the medias. Oh no, this happened last time. I forget where you find me. <laughs> Uh, I think my Twitter is nerdy at home dad still. Uh, everything else I think is just my name backwards. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it right now. I, I'm going on like four hours of sleep. So. You're doing fine. And I got to watch Turtles again tonight. So, uh, But yeah, I, uh, it's just, I think it's Samaj underscore Adarce everywhere else. But yeah, definitely check James out and, uh, you know, feel free to join us again on our discord or any of the other outlets where you can find age of geek. And with that, we're going to say thank you. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye. This has been an Age of Geek media production.